the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. That song was Zero to Hero from Hercules. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Broya Cat and I'm 11 years old. Coming up on Hi Kids today, I am going to be speaking to Mariki Jansa van Rensburg. She is an optometrist. I will be speaking to her in a little while. Also, on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth. And you will be able to win a voucher for a family of five people to go to the Johannesburg Zoo. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Get ready for an exciting show on Chai Kids today. Stay tuned. You're listening to Chai Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Broya Katz and I'm 11 years old. I have Mariki Jansa van Rensburg with me, an optometrist. So send your questions to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Mariki. Hi, Bria. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. For anyone who doesn't know, what is an optometrist? So an optometrist is basically an eye care practitioner. So it's a person that tests your eyes and we have a look and identify problems that you might have with your eyesight, function of the eyes, and then the health of your eyes as well. Okay. And what did you have to study to become an optometrist? Well, um, if you, well, at school, it'll be a good idea then when you choose your subjects to have maths on a higher grade and then science and biology. I think now you guys call it like life sciences or physical sciences <laughs> or something. And then you can enroll straight and do a B optom at, um, at varsity. So, and that's a four year degree. Oh, wow. Okay. And where are you located? Um, so we, the practice is located in Bryanston. It's a 119 Bryanston Drive. So it's not too far from you guys, yeah. <laughs> Do you always want to become an optometrist? Um, honestly, when I was a little girl, I wanted to become a doctor. And then um, I started having eye problems at a quite young age. And then I realized, well, it's actually a nice way of becoming a doctor without having to deal with all the blood and stuff that goes with being an actual GP. So then I decided to, to modify it a little bit. And then I've since then wanted to become an optometrist. So, <laughs> And what are the different parts of the eye? So if you look at your eye structure, and we sort of cut it through half, um, the clear part that you can't see in the front is called your cornea, and then the white part is called your sclera. So that's what gives the eye its actual rigid shape. And then you've got the color part of your eye. That's called your iris, and it's actually a muscle. Um, and then the, clear, the, the black part is your pupil, and the pupil is actually nothing. It's just a big hole. So it just looks black because of refraction. Um, then if you look at the inside part, the parts that we can't see from the outside, then you get your lens firstly, and that's controlled by little muscles. And then on the inside, past that, you get like a little balloon structure, and it's filled with fluids and gel and stuff like that, and that is called your vitreous. And then behind that, then you get your macula and your retina, and that's got the little receptors in that actually helps you to see. So that's the stuff that picks up the light and then sends that message to your brain. And can you please tell me what 
the, uh, what the, how the sight system works? Um, well, if you look at your eye, it's, it works pretty much like a camera, actually. So if you look at the, the iris and the pupil, that's almost like an aperture. So you know when you can adjust an aperture on a camera to allow a certain amount of light through? That's similar to what your iris and your pupil will do. And then if you go on the inside, you get the lens and the muscles, and that's typically like the lens of a camera. So you can zoom in, zoom out, and that's what does the focusing in your eye. And then if you go a little bit further, then your retina and at the back of your eye, your, your macula, that is like the film. Well, you don't get films now anymore on cameras, but when you used to, um, and that actually captures the light and captures the picture. And then from there, it sends it to your brain and your brain actually does the seeing. Your eye is literally just the tool that helps, that helps to get the picture there. So, but your brain actually is the part that sees. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, how, what is the most common eye defect you see? Well, we see a lot of kids. So in the practice that I work with, um, in, we see a lot of squint kids. So um, squints is when your eyes actually don't focus at the same point at the same time. So you'll typically notice that the kids will have a wandering eye. So they'll look at you, but the one eye won't be focusing at the same point. So we see that often. And then for that, we can either refer them for surgery or we can do eye therapy to correct that. And then if you look at your older patients, the most common thing we pick up is cataracts. So cataract is um, something that it's almost like a dirty lens. So that what that's something that you have to have removed with surgery. So then we'll refer somebody to an ophthalmologist. And an ophthalmologist is the person that does the eye surgeries then. Okay. And um, what sort of eye therapy would you do to... Um, it depends on what kind of squint they've got. So you get different different types. So you get an eye that either turns in or out or something that somebody was born with or something that was only happened later in life. So after we've done the testing, then we'll obviously assess and see better what kind of therapy they need. But typically we'll do something like patching. So you might have seen a kid at school that walks around with a little pirate patch. Don't be nasty to them. That's actually part of the, the process we go through to get the brain to start using that eye that is a little bit lazy that doesn't want to work as well as the other eye so um, you can play with those kids and um, pretend to be pirates so you'll often see them at school Um, but we typically do patching and then we've got lots of other tools that we use so different color lenses would be put on and filters and it's actually quite a lot of fun if you get into the therapy but all the different things you can do to to correct that um do you also do like sort of things for the squint like moving a pen from side to side and you have to follow it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can do that for for lots of other things as well. So um, the big buzzword is always tracking. So that's what you're talking about. So you've obviously been with the optometrists recently. Um, so tracking is something that's got to do with the muscle. So you don't have to be squint to do that. Um, it's literally, if you look at your eye on the outside, it's got little six, six little extraocular muscles and that's what controls the movement of the eyes. So it's literally like going to the gym. You go to the gym, you strengthen your muscles, and the same you can do with your eyes then as well. So typically those moving pencil things, bringing it in and out, focusing, refocusing, that works on a normal, normal eye. You don't even, you know, we do it on kids that aren't squint even. So, and it really does help with reading and um, a lot of other things as well. (laughs) Okay. Um, What instruments do you use and what is the most useful one to use? 
So, again, with testing the kits, we use a lot of those colored lenses and filters and prisms and things like that. So that actually works quite nicely. Um, and then if you look at that normal eye test part that you would go for your normal eye test just to get your glasses, that big machine that you sit in front that looks like you're going to Mars, um, that's called a ferropter and it's got a lot of lenses in. So that's very useful because if I have to carry a tray with all those different lenses options to fix everybody's eyes, that will take me forever to test eyes. So that's a very useful thing. Um, and then the other thing that we use that you were talking about earlier about the movement is called a visigraph. So that's actually quite cool. It looks like like a set of diving goggles and then it's got infrared sensors inside so then instead of just using the pencil to see if the kids can track properly we put those goggles on and we give them something to read and they can read it silently and then you can literally see every single movement the eye makes when they're doing reading so oftentimes we get kids that um, struggle with reading at school they struggle to study and it's often because of the eye movements that their eyes aren't f- um, following properly so they'll jump lines or read things in the wrong order or leave stuff out or reverse stuff. Um, and then you can quickly pick that up when you do the visigraph because you can literally see how those eyes move while they're doing their reading. And then it's got a little simulation and you can play that back and you can compare it to their grade norms and you can see how far apart they are versus their grade um, kids, their average, to see if there's something that we can do to help them with that. So that's a very useful machine. <laughs> okay, I really had to ask that one because I want to do something with inventing when I'm older. Ah, Sorry, you see. Okay, <laughs> um, we're now going to have a song and we'll carry on with the questions after. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Bruria Katz and I'm 11 years old. Today I have Mariki Jansa van Rensburg, an optometrist, in studio with me. If you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or call 110 Let's carry on with the questions, Mariki. That's good. <laughs> What do you love most about your job? Um, I really enjoy working with people and I love working with kids. So that was the first thing that attracts me to do any medical profession, really. So um, that is quite fun. It's also very challenging, obviously. <laughs> so because being a medical professional, it's almost like you have to get clues from patients. So it's almost like solving this little mystery. So the people will tell you what's wrong. And even though two people might complain about this exact same thing, um, if you actually take the time and go through it, you might find that they have completely different problems. So it literally is you have to think on your feet and you have to almost investigate and see what you can find and see if you can solve that problem for them in that little bit of time that you've got. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And what is the most difficult part of your job? Um, well, especially with the kids, you do actually get kids with quite serious um, problems, eye problems um, and other health problems as well. So if we do go through our little investigation and we do identify that there's actually a quite a serious problem, um, it's very sad to go through that with the parents. Um, and then obviously um, the how it affects the kid's future and things like that. So that I think is the most difficult part. If you really pick up, there's a big problem with a child and then having to go through that with them it's actually very very sad okay and can you tell me about your typical day 
So I'm a mommy. Um, so the typical day starts off very early. I've got a little five-year-old daughter. So she's usually last to be at school because um, <laughs> we have to rush over a bridge and get in time. And then from there, when you get to the practice, um, each appointment we schedule a little bit longer. So it's about an hour to do my investigations. So um, <laughs> that's quite nice because you've got time to sit with the patients and go through everything with them and do a proper test. And then Obviously, once we've found what the problem is and how we can solve it, I'll either help them to choose glasses or help them with contact lenses. Or if I need to refer them to somebody, then help them with that. Um, I have to write a lot of reports because we get a lot of referrals from people. So I'll typically spend a bit of time in front of the computer, luckily not too much, um, to just to get feedback and reports through to the people. Um, yeah, the rest of the day is pretty structured and organized. I like things by appointment and um, so I'm a little bit of a control freak like that. So it actually is quite a nice job to do if you like a little bit of structure in your life. Um, yeah, and you literally walk out of there at five o'clock. It feels like you've done a good day's job, but you close the doors and you can go home. And there's not a lot of work to do after that. So it is actually quite a nice, a nice structured but full day. <laughs> so you, you just remind me something when you said glasses. Yes. Um, I don't know if anybody really knows except my friends because I actually wear them. But what are bifocals? So bifocals, like you're wearing, um, is glasses that have got, it looks like there's two lenses stuck on top of each other. So that's actually very, very nifty. So what we do is we use bifocals or multifocals, especially with older people, so because they do struggle to see when they do reading. So typically you'll see them with older people. But um, if you see them with kids, we use them to control what we call myopia. So myopia is when you're short-sighted, when you can't see very well at distance. But then because of the way your visual system still works and develops when you're younger that's a that's a tool that we can use to try and control that progression so that your eyes don't typically keep getting worse year on year on year on so that there's a difference between the script at the top of the lens and the bottom of the lens so the top of the lens is to make your distance vision perfectly clear but then the bottom of the lens we take a little bit of that distance script out so that we can help your eyes to relax a bit when you're doing your close work and your reading work and then we're almost tricking your brain into thinking it's not working that hard when it's doing close work and by that we're slowly slowing that down um, slowing down the progression of that myopia so that you don't end up with thick bottle caps by the time you turn 20 (laughs) (laughs) so we can also use it for kids that have got squints so those kids that I talked about with the eyes that turn in and out that's also something that we use with them so it's actually a very nice lens and a nice tool that we've got to use, especially with younger kids as well. So most people think bifocals is just for old people, but not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. Um, you said something about nifty. I just, I don't know what that means. Oh, nifty is just very creative. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, what is vision loss and what is the cause of it? So vision loss, it's not blindness. So most people will think that vision loss is blindness. It's not blindness from birth. So what happens is it's either a, um, a, de- a gradual decrease, de- um, decrease in your vision over time or it's a sudden loss of vision. And it can a- either be in one eye. Um, it can be a complete loss of vision. It can be partial loss of vision. And the most common um, causes we've got for a vision loss is diabetes. So with diabetes, that's your sugar that's not properly controlled. And that actually affects your eyes quite a bit. So if you look at the 
the little veins at the back of your eye, that retina that we were talking about earlier, what starts happening is the diabetes makes those little veins bleed and then it actually causes quite a bit of vision loss. Um, the other thing that can cause vision loss is glaucoma. And that's a high pressure in the eye. So it's very important that when you go for your eye test, the optometrist will always do like a pressure test. It's a little puff test. Or we've got other nice tools now as well that doesn't puff anymore. But they check the pressure of your eyes. And then when you get a little bit older, you get macular degeneration. That's also something that will cause vision loss, sudden vision loss, if it's a certain kind or slow vision loss, if it's the other kind. Um, And that's when... The, the back, that film of your eye that we were talking about in the camera, if that part of your eye doesn't take a good quality picture anymore, so then, yeah, then you'll also get a loss of vision with that. And then the other one is cataract. So, um, and that's usually when you get older and that lens starts turning yellow. So those are the most typical, um, diseases you get or conditions you get, um, with vision loss. Okay. Thank you. Um, and you said something about macular degeneration. What is that and what is the cause of it? <laughs> so macular degeneration, we usually see that in older people. So it's usually called age-related macular degeneration. Um, and that is when your your retina at the back that's supposed to take this good quality HD picture and and send it to your brain when the quality of that picture isn't as good, and it's really because of the the um, the retina that starts degenerating. So you get different kinds, and I don't want to get too technical on it. But um, what happens is you get the one kind that we're not quite sure about. That's quite common. It's called a dry macular degeneration, and we're not quite sure why it happens. But part of it is hereditary so you can it's passed along in the family or it can be environmental so either too much sun exposure um, not wearing sunglasses at a young age actually does have quite a bit of an effect on that Um, and then with diet diet is very important all your green leafy veg parents are not being awful by telling you to eat your broccoli and your spinach it really does nourish your retina and smoking, so that's all stuff that can contribute to to getting macular degeneration when you're older. And now with you guys, what we're finding and what the new research that's coming out is um, the blue light that we get in front of these iPads and phones and things like that, that causes quite a bit of degeneration in your retina as well. So then you'll get um, macular degeneration, but we're looking at a very early onset. So it'll start much earlier than what we typically see now, because now we see people getting it at about 60, 70, 80, but it might be that by the time that you turn 50, we might see young, young people like that already getting macular degeneration. It's because of the environment they're in. We just, um, yeah, the computers and the blue light and stuff like that. So, but that's very new stuff that's coming out. So we won't know for a while how bad it is and where it fits in. But the new research that have come out, they say that that's something we really have to have a look at as well. Well, now you really have to eat your vegetables, guys. You see. <laughs> uh, you also said something about glaucoma. That's right, yes. And you're pronouncing it. You can do that for the tongue twister too. <laughs> um, glaucoma is high pressure in your eyes. So, again, you get lots of different kinds, um, but you get a high pressure in your eye. You can have a normal pressure in your eye and still get glaucoma, or you can have congenital glaucoma. So that would be a little baby that's born already with this condition. Um what it typically means is 
the the balloon structure in your eye that we talked about when we talked about the structures. So that balloon is filled with fluid and gel. And there's fluid that produces the whole time, and then there's fluid that has to drain the whole time. So when that balance goes out and it either produces too quickly or drains too slowly, then you actually start getting a bit of a problem where the pressure in the eye is too much for the eye to handle. And that starts affecting the the back of your eye, those little macular ganglion cells, and it actually kills them off. And that can cause quite a bit of peripheral vision loss. So it's a good thing to have that checked with your optometrist. Okay. <laughs> um, and last thing about that topic, uh, what is cataract and what is the cause of it? Um, so cataract is the yellowing of the little lens that's in your eye. So over time, again, just from UV exposure um, and things like that, then the, the lens actually starts going a little bit yellow. And then the quality of the light that we get through to, through, to, uh, through to the eye is actually not very, very good. So what we do then is we send you to um, an eye surgeon, an ophthalmologist, and they'll actually make a little incision on the outside of your eye. It's a very quick operation. Um, and then they'll take that out. So you can get cataracts in young babies also, congenital cataracts, and those ones we have to take out very, very early. So the doctors that um, deliver those babies at birth, the, the pediatricians that make sure that they're healthy, will actually phone an ophthalmologist quite quickly in the hospital still so that they can have those cataracts removed. Because if they don't, that baby's visual system won't develop properly. So you can have it in a young child, like a baby, or you can have it then later on when you're older and that's because of the uv exposure as well okay um and can you tell me about your best client experience um so i've been in practice for 13 years which is actually quite a long time it doesn't feel like it but now my little five-year-olds that started seeing me is now matriculating and it's actually so nice to see that when you started with them at five and six year old they, you got them contact lenses or you got them glasses or you did vision therapy with them. And now you start seeing how they're going off to varsity and they're doing so well and they really are excelling. And I can't help but think that we've got a little bit of a part to play in that. So now that's actually my, my nicest client's experience is when those guys come back in and you get to see them again and hear what they're doing and how well they're doing. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> And can you tell me the funniest thing that has happened in your job? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, <laughs> there's quite a, quite a bit of that. Um, so I've had people that have come in and they are perfectly sure that they turned blind that morning and it's because they put two contact lenses in one eye and none in the other. So, um, <laughs> and then with kids, um, they say the darndest things. So <laughs> the kids will often embarrass the parents a lot in an eye test. So I can't laugh about it right then, but afterwards we actually do have a good giggle. <laughs> and then you get the over-enthusiastic moms that before the kids can answer what's on the screen there in the front, the parents have already told you it's a bear and it's a this and it's a that and <laughs> Um, yeah, you have to calm the mom down a bit and re remind her that we're actually here to test the child and not her sitting right there next to the screen. So um, <laughs> you do get quite interesting things in a practice, actually. <laughs> and what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned? So the biggest thing is probably that 
two people aren't the same. So by the face front of it, um, you have to listen to people. You have to check. You have to ask. And you don't know everything. So if somebody tells you they know everything, that's an absolute lie. You will always get somebody that challenges you, some, a case that you have no idea what to do with. And it's okay to ask. It's okay to then go, listen, guys, I seriously don't know. And we get another opinion in, get somebody else to help. Um, so it's okay to ask. We always think that we have to know everything and have, have all the answers ready. But it's not always necessary like that. It's okay not to know things. But then you have to be big enough to say it. And the people really do actually appreciate it. And then we'll get somebody in that has maybe seen it before, dealt with it before, and get a little bit more expertise. So that's the biggest thing. It's, it's okay not to know everything. And, yeah, people aren't the same. So you you have to um, appreciate each person for for who they are and the way that they experience stuff and, yeah, handle them like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very important because I've been to a doctor before um, and he told me, Absolutely, definitely, I was extremely sick, and my mother's going to get this medicine and this medicine and this medicine. My mother's like, okay, it's a lot of medicine. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. Next day, I wake up, and off I go to school perfectly fine. (laughs) You see, so um, (laughs) you've had first-hand experience. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what are you still looking to improve or upgrade in your working business? Um, so honestly, the, um, the, the, the attire I've got on right now, luckily the listeners can't see me, um, is because we are busy moving practices. So upgrading is the physical space right now, but, um, we, <laughs> we're almost done with that. And then, um, I think it's great to travel and, um, I would love to see what, um, especially in America and stuff, they do all the nice research and there's lots of practices there that really innovate. So I would love to be able to travel and see more what they do and also outside of optometry because you actually integrate so you link with a lot of other healthcare practitioners um, like neurologists because like I said you see with your brain so your brain is actually quite a big part and I don't think we actually know how much we can probably get done until we start putting minds together um, and OTs and things like that so I would love to integrate a little bit more with with other people and see what we can come up with and then also travel and see you know how they work in different practices overseas and especially with the therapy what they do and what new nice equipment they've got so so, because it's one thing to take, we get lots of articles and um, science magazines that come from overseas, but it's not the same as actually sitting there and experiencing firsthand how they would do it and how they would test it and the experiences as they have. So that would be quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to ask people to give you very big tips if you want to go to America. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and can you tell our listeners how we can take care of our eyes? So the first thing is a good diet. So kids, really, green leafy vegetables, um, spinach, uh, broccoli, all those awful things that you don't like eating. And then omega supplements because that also nourishes the eyes quite a bit. Um, so mom, that gives you those awful little fish tablets to swallow. Swallow them. It's fine. You're going to be thanking her in a couple of years' time. And then the other thing is sunglasses. So the biggest problem, like we said now, with all these 
these other diseases that we get with vision loss, a lot of them we can prevent if we start early enough. So sunglasses at a young age is actually very, very important. Um, it's not a fashion accessory. If you buy a good pair of sunglasses, it really will help to keep your eyes healthy and in check for the rest of your life. And then also, like we said about the blue light and the screen time. So if you can limit your screen time and your iPad time and your phone time to about 20 minutes a day, I'm sure you'll be thanking mom and dad as well in a couple of years because we don't really know what we're doing to you guys right now. We're putting you on iPads and phones and things for school. So you're actually spending quite a lot of time. Um, and like I say, the research is only now coming out on how bad it is. And we are putting stuff out there like blue control lenses um, that we try and filter that blue light on. So if you go to your optometrist, ask them about these blue control lights, um, um, filters that they can put on your lenses. Um, it really, really does help. So, And we might find that, like I say, in 30 years' time, we've prevented a lot of problems by starting much earlier with these kind of interventions. And hopefully they'll innovate and find some nice new stuff that we can put on there as well. But for now, that's what we've got. So good diet, screen time, and then um, definitely the sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you very, so much, Mariki, for coming on Chai uh, Kids and teaching us about optometry and looking after our eyes. It's a big pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it was lovely seeing that such a young girl can be so um, <laughs> upfront to do this when I'm quite nervous to be sitting here. So <laughs> thank you very much for having me, Bria. Thank you. <laughs>